0: Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. Caitlin here with Jessica. Hello, everybody.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: We are going to be talking all about writing. We're moving away from narratives, though, and we're focusing more specifically on text-dependent essays, literary analysis essays, and we're curious if you are still teaching writing this way. So let's get into the episode and find out, right? Let's do it. Okay. So talk to me, Jessica. What is this? What is this method or what is this way of teaching writing you think that a lot of teachers might still be
1: following? Yeah. For sure. I think we need to paint a little picture first, because I think we've all been there. So I'm sure you can relate to this, that it's like a Tuesday or Wednesday morning, right? And you've just finished analyzing a short story or a novel with your students, and it's time to do a response to literature. Maybe it's a paragraph, an essay, whatever you're gonna do. So you give them their prompt, their text-dependent question, and they're like, all right how many sentences do I need to do? You know, when does it due? do I need to have evidence? All those questions come forth, right? Sound familiar?
0: Totally. Yes. Right? I'm like picturing it. First year's teaching. I got that all the time. <laughs>
1: yes. And so of course you tell your students, okay, yeah, you need your topic sentence. You need details. Yes. You need a quote, conclude it, but there's no sentence requirement. Just like, let's start writing It's due do it at the end of the period.
0: Yeah. And it's okay. so vague and it's like daunting as a student, what are you supposed to do?
1: Totally vague. And, we're sitting here. We're going to make the argument. Like that does not work. No. Teachers have been doing this for years. It's basically like the hamburger method. Do you remember learning that in like first, second grade?
0: Yeah. And I even think, bless my mom's heart. She was my fifth grade teacher. I think she taught us the hamburger method when I was in fifth grade. Like I think that, and and you know, what's interesting. Hold on. As I'm saying that I have talked to my mom because if you guys don't know, we have a, a online writing program called the EB Writing Program um, where we teach teachers how to teach writing essentially. And when I was telling my mom when we first started putting it together, she was like, oh, when I taught fifth grade, I was the worst writing teacher. Oh my gosh, how interesting is that? And she taught – not that, you, that, that I'm saying that hamburger method equals worst teacher. I'm just saying that how interesting that we're oh. making the argument that that doesn't work and that's how she taught me writing in fifth grade. <laughs>
1: Totally. And I'm thinking if you don't know what the hamburger method is, right, yeah. it's that visual of you've got your top bun and that's the topic sentence and you have your meat of your paragraph or your essay and that's your supporting details. And then you've got your bottom bun and it's the concluding sentence. And I actually do think there's a place for that. Like totally. my son is in first grade. That's a good way for him to learn how to write. Yes. It's but a great me, visual too. Yeah, yeah, but we've got to get our middle school students beyond that. Like it's just not working with no. 12, 13, 14 year olds. anymore.
0: yeah, we got to take it to the next level. And that's Absolutely. something that we've always done is just push the boundaries with the students that we've taught with the teachers in our programs. Like how can we make it even more challenging for students? Because they always step up to the plate
1: for sure. And we want them to do that, right? We have to explicitly teach them though how to write if we want them to elevate their writing. So how can they connect their ideas? Um, how can they focus their thoughts? Because with the hamburger method, it's not teaching them how to do that. It. It's just saying, put some details in there. But what so, does that mean? What, about, what does that mean? Right. What about transitions and how do you introduce a quote and how do you expand on that quote? Right. And we all know, we've all been there where our kids just drop a quote into the middle of a paragraph <laughs> and you're like, wait, where did this even come from? You know, what and then t- they
0: don't even address it. They don't even say anything after it. It's just there. And you're like, um, okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And you get to the end of their paragraph and it just kind of trails off like it just ends abruptly or it's like a thank you for reading this like yeah you can tell they don't know what to say
0: totally and walk. so then like beyond the students being frustrated right when you're sitting down to grade those types of papers it takes forever you leave all these comments on your students papers but then it falls you know on 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 deaf ears, you know, like students don't understand what does that mean. Like, what does that comment mean, or they don't even read the comments, and nothing's learned. And it's, I hate to say it, like, ends up kind of being a waste of everybody's time if we're not explicitly teaching this.
1: Definitely, and then you're frustrated with yourself, like you just wasted a whole Sunday grading those essays or whatever it is, and you're just like, oh my gosh, we've been working on writing and this is what I get. Like, it does not have to be that way though. Like there is a solution to this problem. Yes. Right. Which we're going to share and it's awesome. Yes. I think (laughs) the first, the first thing, like right away, we need to stop using the phrase topic sentence with our Mm -hmm. middle schooler, at least in text dependent writing, because what does that even mean to them? It's just way too vague. So that's when we're getting stuff like I'm going to write about, or I'm going to tell you about Instead, we can start using that academic vocabulary with them where they need to answer a text-dependent question with a claim and a premise. Yeah. Can we break that down even further? Yeah, let's do it. So, so yeah, go before.
0: ahead. <laughs> um, so when we're talking about a claim, we're talking about just a kind of brief, concise answer to the question that's being asked. So let me give you an example. So we have written down in our notes for today, um, this is a quote, a uh, prompt that Jessica uses all the time with her fifth grade students teaching the Westing game. So if you teach the Westing game, take this quote, use it as your text dependent question for your unit. (laughs) And the question is, you know, which character in the novel, the Westing game experiences the most significant change as a result of playing the game. And so students claim is going to be Their thesis statement, right? That's what we use. We use the term claim instead of thesis statement in our approach to teaching writing in our EB writing program. And here, students are just going to say, you know, turtle is the character that experiences the most significant change. We're not saying why in the claim. That's going to be where the premises come into play. And so the premises are your reasons for your position. So the claim goes at the end of the introductory paragraph, and then your premises are essentially all of your topic sentences for each of your body paragraphs. And so a premise would be something like, you know, Turtle is the one who experienced, or to begin with, you know, for giving transition words and all that stuff. But to begin with, Turtle is the character that changes the most over the course of the novel because she learns to be more empathetic toward others. And so that is such a strong premise, but it's something that is doable for students because they now understand that that topic sentence, quote unquote, that they have been taught beforehand, the premise is their reason for their position. And so they're able to make that connection. Oh, okay. I need to explain my, and this is my because here in this premise, this first sentence of my body paragraphs, and then they can go into explaining it.
1: Right. And I think, I mean, the claim and the premise, that's just the start of a response, right? But what we're trying to get at here is you must explicitly teach your students what those are, how to write them. And then you can move into how we introduce evidence. So you don't just get those quotes plopped into the middle of a paragraph and we teach them how to find a right quote to put in there. And then of course the justification or the explanation of that quote. So again, every little piece of the paragraph or of the essay needs to be explicitly taught. Totally. And take and pulled back, like pull back the layers and Mm -hmm. work through every
0: single piece individually and then bring it all. I mean, there's so many steps to take, but they, it works you know, the way that we teach writing really works.
1: And I think a lot of people who are listening might be saying, like, this sounds familiar to me. Like, I do something kind of like this. Maybe you use, um, the race formula in your classroom, right? Which is restate the question, answer the question, cite the text evidence, and then explain what it means. And yes, I do think what we're saying here, it's similar to that. But what we've seen in the past with, um, Teachers who might use the race formula is that students don't go beyond summarizing their evidence. So they put in a quote and that's wonderful, but then they kind of just restate it in different words. And so they're missing out on like truly the meat of the essay where they get to explain and evaluate that quote. But again, if you teach them how to explicitly do that, you're going to elevate their writing and get stronger essays. Mm-hmm. And we we call that the justification.
0: We just use a different terminology. You know, in our program, we like to use high academic vocabulary terms. That's why we use claim, premise, justification, things like that. Um, but we do teach our students like it is all the same. It's all synonymous, justification, analysis, evaluation, explanation, etc. cetera. Um, but it's interesting because I feel like whenever I, I when I moved from teaching and anal- now the teaching this part of the essay under the term analysis and I changed it to be justification. It was Mm -hmm. interesting how, just all of a sudden like something shifted in my students. Like it became this more scholarly, like academic approach to writing as opposed to, I don't know what it was, if it was just the change of the vocabulary word, but they rose to the occasion and they started to see like, oh, there's so much more to this part of my essay than what I had previously understood was supposed to be there when I was using the term analysis for them.
1: Right. And I think if you've listened to this podcast for a while or you've followed us before that you know, I've taught younger grades and I would absolutely use this academic terminology with my third graders even. And I loved to hear them say, you know, it would be nice to have more justification in this paragraph <laughs> or can you support that premise? And like they knew what they were talking about. And it was so cool to have those discussions and see them take it away from just the essay, but bring it into Socratic seminars mm-hmm. or just their everyday class discussions. And once you start using that terminology and you make that like, the foundation of your ELA program, oh my goodness, you're just gonna see such results when you explicitly teach claim, premise, evidence, justification, and then build it into everything.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful, and you know what's great is not just our own experiences, but the experiences Mm -hmm. from the teachers who've gone through our program. I mean, we literally got an email What's today? Wednesday that we're recording this episode. I think we got an email on Sunday night from one of our teachers just saying how much growth she's seen in her students. She sent us a sample essay for one of her kids and she's like, it's unbelievable. I can't even, I can't even explain to you like how incredible this growth has been for my kids. That's and so cool. we just know it works, you know, yeah. and it's just so, so fun to see people's, our teachers success or their students successes. It's really special.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so with that said, if you are still teaching writing in the hamburger method, we urge you to, you know. Try something different. <laughs> Come to our side of the teaching <laughs> writing approach. <laughs> and to get you started, we actually have um, a free mini course that we put together. It's called Three Essentials for Teaching Literary Analysis Writing. Um, we talk about spiral review. You know, in terms of incorporating literary analysis into your writing curriculum on a continuous basis. And um, we also have a section in there about essential questions and how to create them, why they're so important to teaching writing, and then we have a whole part about justification and exactly what we're talking about here, how to take our students justification to the next level. So that's a free mini course. Um, and you can get that by signing up actually to be on the wait list for our writing program. So the EB writing program, we are opening the doors for enrollment soon. Um, we are opening them to the public on, let's see, July tw- 15th. Nope, July, July 22nd is, is to everybody. List. But if you're on our wait list, we'll open it to you on July 15th so you can get in a little bit sooner. I know a lot of people are going back to school in early August. And what's really cool about what we've created with our writing program is everything is also digital in terms of you know our, our handouts, practice activities that we would normally do in class with our students. It's all online. We've also recorded all student-facing videos. So a lot of our teachers towards the end of the school year, as things kind of got crazy and everyone was at home, they were able to push out the videos that we've created for their students to do the activities at home. And so they're getting your instruction. They're getting our instruction. They can go back and rewatch our videos. I mean, there are just so many great aspects to the EB Writing Program, which obviously we will share with you more as we get closer um, to opening the doors for enrollment. But grab that free Mini training that free mini course three essentials for teaching literary analysis get on the waitlist for our eb writing program um, And you can do that by going to eb forward slash writing Waitlist and we'll include that link for you guys in the show notes as well And start like thinking about how can you incorporate some of the things that we teach you in this mini course Into the way that you teach writing if you are teaching the hamburger method Maybe, you know, take a step back see what you can do differently how you can improve it um, hopefully we've convinced you otherwise in this episode. <laughs> um, so next week we're moving into more literary analysis, I think, right? That's what we have on the docket.
1: Oh, absolutely. We're going to be talking about that for a few weeks now. So actually, I'm really excited about next week's episode. We can just give a little teaser. Okay. Love it. I can do with my favorite television show from the nineties. I'm going to leave it at that. And see if I don't even know.
0: Can, I don't even know if I can guess it.
1: Do you want to take a stab at it just for fun? I, well, my favorite television is it a drama? Okay, here's one more hint. Okay, um, it was like a total like teen soap opera, and I was very excited because my very first teaching job was also connected oh, to this television show. Nine hundred two one zero. Correct. <laughs> Yay! I was <laughs> nice. gonna guess Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been good too. But yes, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. So if you're a fan. Come join us next week and check out what we're talking about. How does that tie into literary analysis writing?
0: Oh, I'm so excited about it. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us this week. And we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everybody.